celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries. So, yes, Wayne, with the chocolates, how about you come on, where's some spare space? Come on down here. Okay, birthdays and anniversaries. If you've had one in the past week, then come and join Wayne and myself. Grab a chocolate. Oh, stay here, stay here. wonderful celebrations. Yeah, happy birthday. So make sure you get your chocolate. Church, how about you stand? Stand with us, church. Is everyone getting their chocolate? Great, yes, get your chocolate. Oh, is it Levi's birthday? Awesome. Oh, so many decisions of that chocolate. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. be seated. Kids, you're going to go and have a fantastic time at Kids Church. The intermediates are going to be joining, is that right? That way? Room four. Room four, whatever room four is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All kids going that way. Are the dynamites going to go the other way? The dynamites, the three and four year olds, are going to go out that way. All the other children out this way, including the intermediates, to room four, wherever that is. Through there. God bless those incredible, amazing children and the leaders. Don't we just love the leaders, parents? Give them a huge hand. We love you. God bless them. They're going to have a fantastic time. Well, Lance Langley, where are you? I saw your face just, just before. Here he is. How about you give Lance a hand as he comes? You're going to share with us how we can share goodness in our community. Is that right? Yeah. Thanks. Good morning. Don't we just love change? Hey, we do. Come on. Don't we just love change? Because that's what life is about. It's all about change, isn't it? For those that don't know me, I'm Lance Langley. I'm head of the trade school over at ATC Train Me. And um, earlier on this year, I had the pleasure to um, uh, go with a team to South America on a bit of a fact-finding mission. Um, basically, what we were looking for uh, was to see if it was a feasible for us to bring students into study at, at Train Me. Um, and it's going to happen. But first of all, I just want to show you how we sold ourselves um, at ATC. Uh, sorry, in South America. Thanks, Linda. Study and work on a dairy farm in the centre of the world's dairy industry, New Zealand. New Zealand produces more milk per capita than any other country on earth, more than 10 times higher than our nearest competitor. Hamilton City is the centre of the Waikato region. 
just 90 minutes south of our largest city, Auckland. This region boasts the largest herds and greatest milk production within the country. The region is known as a popular tourist location, with surfing, caving, the Hobbiton film set and other outstanding natural attractions. There is no better place on earth to learn the best dairy farming practices firsthand. This very practical program starts with 10 weeks of learning safe and effective use of farm machinery, fencing techniques, pastoral control, livestock health and milking techniques. Upon completion, graduates will be awarded the New Zealand Qualifications Authority Certificate. Following the course will be two weeks of placement on a New Zealand farm. Subject to visa conditions, employment will be found for you on a farm in the area where you'll be able to work for a year or more. Train me as a specialist school within a tertiary education institute with a proud 30-year history. Inquire now through our website and we can start the process of having you study in the world centre of the dairy industry. That's not bad, eh? That's our creative team over at ATC that did that. And if you, most of you, some of you will recognise Rhys Pollard's voice over there. <clears throat> fantastic, fantastic. We actually had a Spanish version. I didn't want to play you that because you wouldn't have no idea what it said. <clears throat> we, we quickly um, realised that um, to, to get a group of um, people from South America was, was going to be a challenge. Um, so that's actually not going to happen until next year. But this year we've been offered uh, 20 Filipinos to come into our, into our um, school. And um, they'll be arriving here on the weekend of the 3rd of October. So my challenge to you, or what I want from you people, is to homestay them. So I'm looking for around about 20 families, unless you want to take two, then that makes things a little bit different, uh, to homestay these people. As a mission-focused church, I think this is an absolute fantastic opportunity for you people to, to have these people in your family, living with your family, eating with your family, and you sharing the love of Jesus to them. And you know, it's a mission that you don't even have to go out your door to do. Chile, um, Colombia, and, and, um, and the Philippines, I know, are very religious, um, but I think that our our idea of religion in New Zealand is vastly different. Our idea of religion in this church is vastly different than over there. And a lot of those people, although they're, they're, they're very religious, they actually don't know Jesus. So what an opportunity for us to do that. So if that's you, uh, I'll make myself available after service at the Hub. Uh, please come and see me. If you don't catch up with me, uh, if you just ring reception here or just even ring ATC and ask for me, I'm only too happy to speak to you about it. Of course... There is some remuneration involved in this. Um, and also the students will be 18 years and over. So between 18 and 25. So um, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Lance. Mark and Elna, would you like to come on up the front with your family, extended family, whoever wants to join them? We're going to have a dedication, dedications of these beautiful twins. Isn't that great? Marcus and Milan. And Elna's parents are here all the way from South Africa. Isn't that exciting?
Exciting, eh? Yeah, come along, come along so everyone can fit around you and welcome. Great to have you all the way from South Africa for today. Just for today, eh? It's <laughs> great. Well, man, they're getting big. So Marcus and Milan, let me read you some scripture before we dedicate them. So we dedicate, of course, we don't baptize children here. We dedicate them to the Lord, asking that he'll take care of them, that he'll watch over them, that he will guide them until such time as they can make a decision to pursue God for themselves. And uh, so it's a real honor to dedicate children. Let me read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 6 from the message. It sounds really good from the message. Verse 5, it says, Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love Him with all that's in you. Love Him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you, and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them, maybe not this, but take the principle of this. Tie them on your hands and your foreheads. As a reminder, inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on the city gates. It's just a great command for us to instill the truths of God, the ways of God, into our children when they're young and the Bible tells us if we do that as they're young when they grow they'll go in the ways they've been taught so it's exciting isn't it fantastic well shall we pray for you and pray for the the children do you think one will come to me and one will come to Jan I don't know if I can manage to you think I can okay shall I try hello Right. I can do it, you can. Ah, look at that. Why don't you stand up on your feet with us? Come on. Beautiful. Father, I thank you for these beautiful children, Marcus and Milan. Lord, I declare your blessing over them in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would watch over them, that your hand would be on them, that they would never, ever be strangers to the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, guide them as they grow. In Jesus' name. And Father, when they come to an age of understanding, I ask that they would be quick to give their lives to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, for mum and dad, I ask that you would give them wisdom, that the grace of God would rest on them. Lord, you, you promise us that you pour out wisdom and understanding for us. And I ask in double measure, in this case, <laughs> that you pour wisdom and understanding. Lord, that you'd also give them rest and that these children would bring incredible joy to their lives. Father, give them the ability to guide them, and may their home always be a place of peace. May it be a place of joy, a place where the mercy and the kindness and the grace of God is expressed in Jesus' name. And Jesus, I pray your blessing on their marriage as well. Um, and, and Father, particularly while the little ones are small and they're tired, that their home would be a place of grace that uh, their home would be a place of joy and that they would just revel in this incredible season of their lives in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit.
rest on these children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Aren't they good? Hey, oh, oh, he's losing his, his thing. Beautiful. You can go to mom. You can go to dad. Beautiful. Why don't you give them a big hand? Would you like to pray for them while you're here? Yeah? How about, it'd be nice for you to pray. It's good you pray in, pray in your own language. Yeah, you pray in Afrikaans. Yeah, you go for it. Onze Vader, wat een voorrecht is het vanmorgen om vermaak en elna te kom bid. Dankie vir die heilige gees, kracht, sy liefde, wat vanmorgen hulle omstraal, hulle bedek met sy kostbare bloed. Ons bid vanmorgen die seen van die Heere. Ons bid vanmorgen, Heere, dat jy hulle sal vasthou, sal deerdra. Dankie dat hulle vanmorgen kan wees, soos een boom wat by water geplant is. En Heere, dat daar een stroom van Godse liefde en sy kracht met hulle sal wees. Ek dankie, Heere, dankie vir hierdie twee prachtige, kostbare kleintjes. Kinderkies, Heere, wat jylle gegeet, geseen het meer. Dankie vir haar die liefde van Jezus. Father, I praise you this morning, and I thank you now, Lord, that you will bless them and give yes. them, protect them. Amen. Give them wisdom, yes. give them health. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Fantastic. I, um, I want to honour you all, and, and I know that there is family that isn't here as well, but the, the strength that um, there is in the, um, the family her- Christian heritage, and I want to honour that, and I believe that, that you know, the, there is an incredible impartation into these beautiful, beautiful children because of that Christian heritage, it is, is imparted into them. There's going to be a great strength. And I honor you, Mark and Elna. Wow, you are incredible with yeah. your words. I tell you, oh, get around them, people. Amazing. <laughs> Even despite um, hardships, um, your words declare, I will hold on to my God and you know oh it is incredible amazing and so so that is imparted I believe into these children and and this incredible strength Uh, and I want to encourage you I saw like an inquisitiveness um yeah I sensed like an inquisitiveness within Milan and Marcus an inquisitiveness and I want to encourage you um, that as you, you're imparting this incredible strength and incredible uh, powerful words into them to let them hear the, the um, also, I guess, the theology around hardship as well, that they will need to discover things for themselves, but they will need to hear uh, as well the, the, um, how we deal with things through the hardships through the good, through the tough, because there's incredible inquisitiveness, I believe, that is within them, that they're going to want to grasp around every area of, of life. So, yeah, I declare blessing upon you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Amen, amen. And I think there's a song on this little man, and I think for Milan, I think 
a real um, intellect, an intellect that'll be able to argue in the right way, really sharp, really sharp, you know, so you're going to have fun, it'll be awesome, it'll be great, amen, fantastic, beautiful, let's give him another big hand, eh? going to continue worshipping. Those of you that uh, were at the Tuesday worship night, wasn't it amazing? Fantastic night. So we're going to continue. What an amazing atmosphere that was built here on Tuesday night. We're going to continue in that atmosphere, continue lifting up the name of our God. Let's stand. during your week. He was with you all week. And as we focus this morning, we I guess what I'm trying to say is this is our opportunity. This is our time. This is our moment to be in the presence of God and really sense His nearness. And let's really take hold of that this morning. Take, take hold of that opportunity. If you've got any worries or anxiety in your mind, in your heart at the moment, million miles an hour thoughts and fears, well here's the opportunity for that to be lifted up you and given to God this morning, yeah? As you worship, as you focus on the one, on the source, the one who is good, let those things fall off you this morning. Let him take a hold of those. Alright. Let's think fear doesn't live here anymore. Fear doesn't live here no more. Fear doesn't live here no more. When your name was spoken, your love brought healing to me. Yeah, Jesus. Shame doesn't live here no more. Shame doesn't live here no more. Your name was spoken, your love brought healing to me. Condemnation no more. Condemnation no more, sin lost all control, I am set free. By your glory and grace, you broke every chain, I am set free. Your name. Your name, Jesus, your name, Jesus, Jesus, your name, your name brings healing to me. Fear doesn't live here anymore. Fear doesn't live here no more. Fear 
loving Father
releasing it from my heart to the heavens. Let it be your prayer this morning. service I got a picture of a person carrying so many different bits of baggage on top of them so there's a big pack there was ones on their shoulders on their back and they were weighed down and they were heavy and they were trying to walk and sometimes when we walk in those doors we feel like we have to oh put them all down at the door walk in and then you know put your Christian face on Jesus is good life is awesome praise God and then when we walk out the door we pick it back up put it on our shoulders and we walk throughout our week again. I believe this morning God wants us to bring our baggage in the door. He wants us to bring it to Him. When we bring it to Him in His presence and allow Him to do what He wants to do with it, it's amazing. We can be set free from things. We don't have to do it. All we need to do is carry it in with us and go, God, I'm coming into your presence with everything I have. You know, it all revolves around Him. And I just saw the beautiful picture of him just picking things off and placing them down off your shoulders. You don't have to remove it. He will. All we need to do is come into his presence this morning and ask him to be the center of our lives. And you'll be amazed at what he can do. So as we sing it this morning, wherever you may be at, let's sing it from a place of a prayer saying, God, please be the center and do with what my life, where the things are, the things I'm carrying, do what you have. He's willing just to remove them from you. May there be a peace that just oozes from His presence this morning. Thank you, Lord. From my heart. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Sing it from your heart. Jesus. 
be the center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus. Jesus, your name is Jesus.
enjoy the atmosphere of heaven on earth. Thank you that we can hang out with you. And celebrate who you are. This morning, Lord, as we look at the scripture, I ask that this would be a place of revelation. I ask that you would pop thoughts into people's heads that we don't speak about, that or that we haven't spoken about this morning, that you would bring fresh revelation into people's lives, that by your presence you would water seeds that are planted and that the outcome would be wherever we are, whatever we're doing, would be like Jesus. Father, I thank you that you want us to understand the scripture. You don't want it to be a mystery to us. And today I ask not only for a sense of understanding and a wisdom around what you're saying, but also that we would be able to apply that to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. a few chairs around some tables if you'd like to make a quick move because I'm going to give you a little bit of stuff to do shortly and it's easier if you're around a table that's all well this morning we're carrying on in Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 11 if you've got your Bibles I encourage you to go there and um, I'll read first and then we'll come back and we'll have a little look at it see what it says and what it means for us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling 
where God lives in His Spirit, or by His Spirit. That is a packed scripture. Just a little bit in there. Let's just go through it, and I'll make a few comments. Don't, from verse 11, don't you, sorry, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. The first thing we need to notice in this portion of Scripture is he's writing from past tense. Don't you forget. You used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. How many of us understand that we can do very well, well, we can appear to be doing very well putting on the Christian face. But our heart can be 100 miles away. Now, we could wander in here this morning. It looks very good. It looks like we've got it all together, but where's our heart this morning? It could be anywhere. I had a fascinating conversation with Pastor Ray Andrews, who, who, Dr. Ray Andrews, who we had last week. I had a fascinating conversation with him during the week, and we were talking about various things, and he said, Sheridan, the... the a lot of it depends on the person's temper temperament. He said, you've got one person and you'll see their behavior and you easily go, that's terrible. We make a judgment call on them. It's shocking. Why are they behaving like that? But it's only a symptom because someone else over here with a different temperament type, instead of outworking the issue on the surface, would have pushed it down internally and in the recesses, the basement of their mind, their imagination, they could be outplaying exactly the same thing. There's just no visible, visible symptoms of it. great example would be someone having an affair. Now, I've not yet to meet the person who gets married going, I'm going to have an affair. It is a symptom that something has gone terribly wrong. Yes? Yeah? We, we could do something really novel. You could talk to me. <laughs> I, I've wrecked your seating arrangement, so you might as well talk to me. And no one gets married, do they? Going, I'm going to have an affair. My goal in the first five years of marriage is to have an affair. No, no one does that. It is a symptom that something's gone wrong. If that happens, and I'm not condoning it by any stretch, if you're struggling in this whole area, get some help. If it happens, it is a symptom of something else that is going on, and we would look at the person who's having the affair and go, you naughty person. And it would be very easy to make a judgment call on that person, wouldn't it? Because their behavior that they're displaying is not good. That's fair, isn't it? Good. Then you've got the person over here who appears to be fine and dandy, but because of their temperament type, They've actually suppressed those same issues to the point where in the basement of their mind, in their basement of their imagination, they're having an affair, but we can't see the physical evidence. Their heart's far from right. That's why Jesus said, as you think, not as you just do, as you think. You even think lustfully of a woman, you've committed adultery with her in her heart, he said. So we need to be careful not to cast judgment on behavior, but we also need to understand that all of us can put on our best face and look very, very good. And our hearts can be far from where they need to be in relationship with God. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah of course it does. 
In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Hope comes from God. Hope, the only place hope comes is from God. God equals hope. You live in this world without God, you will end up hopeless. Maybe you're here this morning and you're feeling hopeless. Can I ask you to just think for a moment about how your relationship, how your connection with God is going? Because in God, there is hope. In God, there is also peace. We will see that shortly. But in God, hope and peace are found. But now, we come from past tense, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You know, in the Old Testament, when we go through the Old, the Old Testament, people were far from God. You know, there was a temple and the high priest could go in there to the Holy of Holies about once a year. And that would be the, the when, when they came into the presence of God, they were, they were terrified that if they got in there, they might not get out. They used to wear these little bells on the bottom of their skirt. Glad I wasn't living in that day wearing a skirt. Anyway, and they'd go ring-a-ding-ding into the, into the presence of God. And if the ring-a-ding-ding stopped, they had a rope tied to the heels to haul them out because they had died in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, I'm alive in this age. Would have been terrifying. Bye, darling, I'm going to church. You may or may not see me again. <laughs> so they go into the, the but God was far. You know, even for the, the children of Israel, there was a cloud, there was the fire, but he was far. And it's only because of the cross, it's only because Jesus went to the cross, died on a cross, paid for our sin, and in paying, paying for our sin, which is anything off the mark, he removed this wall that separated us from God. It says, it shows us when he died on the cross, the veil in the back of the temple or the curtain was ripped, signifying that we now, God is near. We can now come into the presence of God. In this age that we live, the presence of God is near. You and I worship this morning in the presence of God. Couldn't do that in the Old Testament. Not like that. We live in an amazing time. And I think it's very easy. We can come in, we can go out. It's just the way it is. But the people of Old Testament looking forward to this era would have gone, my goodness, do you realize the age that we're living in? This is incredible. I can get in the presence of God. I can worship Him freely. In the presence, that place where only the high priest could come. It's absolutely amazing. But we are now near because of Christ. Verse 14, for Christ himself has brought, uh, brought peace to us. So there you go. Where does peace come from? That comes from Christ. So now already this morning we've learned that hope and peace come from God. It's the only place they come, from God. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with all its commandments and regulations. In the Old Testament, not only was God far, but we had to work 
to keep in the right place. We had to bring sacrifices. The priests had to offer the sacrifices. It was a drama. There was blood and guts and everywhere just to keep things right with God. But that whole system ended when Christ went to the cross so that we can again just come before him. It's absolutely amazing. He made peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one new group from two people. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. He reconciled the two groups. He brought this good news of peace. He brought us near. That's what salvation, that's what the cross did for us. I don't know where you're at with God this morning. I don't know where you're at in your journey, your personal walk with Jesus Christ. But the whole point of the cross was so that we can be near. The whole point of the cross was so that we can walk close. The whole point of the cross was hope and peace and that we could walk with Jesus day in and day out, that he was no longer far removed. The whole point of the cross was that we're actually now being made his chosen people. I'm not sure where you're at, but I think today would be a great day to start journeying with Jesus. If you're not journeying with him, if you're kind of, whoop, just about dropped it, if you're um, questioning him, Perhaps you've walked close at some point and you've stepped back for whatever reason. Today would be a great day to go, Jesus, I'm going to journey with you because I want to journey near to God. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to allow you to clean my life, remove all the stuff, and I'm going to walk with you. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment? Ask of the person on your left and right privacy. If you're here this morning and you're not walking with Jesus and right now you're going, man, I should be. That would be great. Or you've stepped back for whatever reason and this morning you're going, I've got to step back into that place. It's just dawned on me how far away I've stepped. If that's you and you would like to step forward and again embrace Jesus, embrace relationship with him, go on the journey with him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you are. We take a step toward God and he's got his arms wide open to receive us. This morning, if you want to say, Jesus, for the first time, I want to walk with you, or you're saying, Jesus, I want to step back into relationship with you, I'm going to hold, ask you to hold your hand up in just a second because I'd love to pray with you. You'll know if you need to do it. Internally, you'll be crying out, Jesus, I need that. I need to walk close with you. I need to come back to you. This morning, if that's you, and you're saying, Jesus, I choose to take a step toward you, can you lift your hand just so I can see you? Thank you, I see your hand. That's awesome. I see two hands. Just a couple more seconds. 
Fantastic. I've seen two people lift their hands. Church, can we give them a hand, please? Because that's a big deal. Jesus, for these two that have lifted their hands this morning, to you, you know what's going on. You see their hearts and you open your arms incredibly wide and say, welcome. Father, I ask that they would know the sense of your embrace, even now, in Jesus' name. Lord, that they would feel the presence of God wash them clean and embrace them. I thank you for washing their sin away, those things that haven't met the mark. I thank you for your embrace. I thank you that you say welcome to the family. I thank you that they are journeying with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then in verse 18 it says, Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. I just think that's wow. All of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. The Holy Spirit, we're in his presence all the time. He's everywhere. Jesus came to connect us to the Father. In 1 John, I think it's chapter 3, the message it says, as we embrace Jesus, we embrace the Father. I love that. We come because of what the Holy Spirit has done. We can come. I'm sorry, because of the Holy Spirit, because of Christ has done, we can come to the Father. Then it carries on in verse 19. So, now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. Our new position is clear. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of the dwelling where God lives by his spirit. 1 Peter 2 and verse 5 says this, And you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him recognize the honor God has given to him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Let me give you a quick lesson on a cornerstone. This is a site just out of Jerusalem, and they're doing some building. It's the kind of land that they would be, they would be building on there, and they're preparing, you see in the background, what they do is when they stack the stones up, they plaster them, you know, so you get your nice smooth walls, but the, the stones are all laid and it says we're living stones laid on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets of whom Christ Jesus is the cornerstone and see there there's some walls getting built the walls are coming up 
But here's a cornerstone. A cornerstone is a very unique stone because the cornerstone fits into the ground where the house is going to be built and it literally locks into place. That's why not any, any stone can be used as a cornerstone. Its shape and everything about it needs to be precise for the location that it's going to be laid because once it clicks into place, once it settles in place, it is the rock that will not move that holds the house steady. The cornerstone is in place. The foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the ascension ministries, is built, is laid around from the cornerstone. And then the church, living stones, are built up on top to take shape, to build the house of God. Does that make sense? And see how that works? So that once that cornerstone is in place, and then once it's, it's not going anywhere, it had to be special. Fascinating that Scripture says the cornerstone that was... Um, that people rejected. Jesus was rejected. Obviously didn't quite fit the groove people expected, did they? They thought he was going to come as a king. But Jesus took Jesus, put him in place as the cornerstone for his holy temple and then the foundation of the apostles and prophets and then lays on top of that. And eventually it builds a house which is a holy temple for the Lord. What is it saying there? I think it's, it's very interesting. In verse 21, it says, carefully joined together. The NIV says, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. The NSRV translation says, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. There's a sense of growing, of rising, of it not being static, of it becoming we are the living stones that make the holy temple. You got all that? Great. Can the host team hand out those um, sheets, please? I should have got it done, sorry. <clears throat> Bring some pens too. If you need a pen, just ask. And what I would like to do is I've got some questions here. And I'd really like to, you to engage them with the people around you, around the table. And if you can't answer them all now, that's okay. There's only three. But I suggest that maybe you do it at your next life group meeting or something like that. So if you look at verse 20 and 21, it tells us clearly that together we make the house. The foundations of that house are the apostles and prophets. The cornerstone is Christ himself. And then we are carefully joined together to become a holy temple for the Lord. That's all pretty clear. So I've got three questions for you to look at for a few minutes. The first one is, what does a holy temple look like in 2015? What does a holy temple look like in 2015? Followed by the next question, which is, what is the function of a temple? It's all very well been told we're a holy temple, but what is the function of a temple? And then thirdly, what does this mean in my daily life? Now, the good news is you've got other people around the table you can discuss this with. The bad news is, I've taken you to the trough, I'm not going to help you drink. You've got to work it out, the answer for yourself. So, 
If you don't work it now, take it during the week, do a bit of a study, see if you can come up with the answers. Hold your hands up if you haven't got paper or pens yet. Great, yeah, keep your hands up high, make sure someone sees you. Go for your lives. Question one, what does a holy temple look like in 2015? Question two, what is the function of a temple? Question three, what does this mean in my daily life? Introduce yourselves to those around your table. Enjoy. Sorry, I know you've been set up. No one told you you're going to have to think this morning.
Where's, where's Jackson gone? Jackson. Wait. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one in the chapter before, actually it might be a few verses before, who says you pour out all wisdom and understanding for us. And I thank you that as we ponder the scriptures, as we discuss the scriptures with our hearts open before you, that you will pour revelation into our lives, into our worlds. And I ask that we would be the church that you've called us to be, that we would be able to uh, confidently walk wherever, whenever is being like Jesus. And that we would be able to bring goodness into our communities, wherever we are. In Jesus' name. One thought I'm just having right now is goodness. You know, we are living stones. We are a holy temple, and and an overflow of that is goodness. And that really excites me, the track that God's got us on, and community transformation by bringing goodness into our world, into our spheres of influence, really, really excites me. But I've got a caution in my and my spirit, and that is Paul, the Apostle Paul said, you started in the spirit, why on earth are you now in the flesh? And what he's referring to, of course, is you started in God where you had a revelation that you actually earned nothing. It was by faith. And now your behavior says you are working for something. And it's, it's vital for us as the church to bring goodness to our society, but it's out of an overflow of relationship with Jesus. It's an out of an overflow for what he's done for us. Faith without works is dead, but it's an overflow. It's not a now I'm working to achieve the favor of God. A temple doesn't work to achieve the favor of God. A temple is a place where he resides. And I think it's important to keep that in our thinking as we continue to move forward and as we continue to, to expand on blessing those in our sphere of influence, those in our city, our nation, the nations of the world, that it comes from an overflow of understanding who we are in Christ. It's because of what Christ did that I am now one of his special people, that you are one of his special people. I did nothing whatsoever to earn it. All I did was say, thank you, Jesus, for the gift. And then I walk in that direction. I think it's important to, to remember. We're going to um, sing a song to finish. And um, um, the song is called Cornerstone. And I thought it might mean a little bit more for you now that you understand what a cornerstone is. And uh, Christ is the cornerstone. He is the one that will not move. He is the one who is absolutely solid on whom we build Christ the cornerstone. So I invite you to stand and sing this beautiful song with us.
our cornerstone. Thank you, God, for sending your Son, Jesus. Thank you that we can put our hope and our trust in you. Thank you that we don't have to have it all together, but that we can stand on you. Thank you that you are our rock. And I declare that today over our lives, that you would be our rock. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I pray that every person here today would know encouragement, would be able to lift their head up high, knowing that they stand on you. Thank you, God, that you never fail us. Thank you, Jesus. those questions. 